Hello and welcome to the Lost in Possession podcast, where it was Derby delight for both Arsenal and Manchester City at the weekend as the Premier League's top two continued their title challenge. Let's dissect. Roll the intro. Hello, hola, ciao, bonjour to wherever you are tuning in from today. And this is the Lost in Possession podcast. And we are here to talk about game week nine, specifically the two big derbies that took place at the weekend, with Arsenal getting a victory over old rival Spurs and City overcoming United with relative ease. Let's start with Saturday's lunchtime kickoff at the Emirates then, where Arsenal recorded their 80th league win over their old rival Spurs, uh, reeling 3-1 with goals from Thomas Partey, Gabriel Jesus and Granit Xhaka with Harry Kane, of course, getting Spurs' goal from the penalty spot. Jordan, I want to start with you. Arsenal are now one point clear at the top. Eight games in, seven wins, one defeat. What did you make of the performance against Spurs? And did any particular players stand out to you? Very good overall. Very, very good performance from Arsenal. Um, again, I, I said it sort of last week, week before. This is a different Arsenal we're witnessing now. Um Although I said previously, I don't think they've quite got enough to win the league. They really are showing something now. They've got momentum on their side. Um, they're, they're just quicker. They're more aggressive. They're, they're everything that fans want to see. Um, and this sort of toxic Emirates of old seems to be fading as well. A couple of the new chants, obviously. Saliba in particular has sort of helped the atmosphere as well. Um, but no, they, from minute one, from minute one, Arsenal looked sharper. They looked like, you know, the hungrier side um, and they were on it from, from, from minute one. Um, I can't really fault their performance. Um, although the game, obviously, after the after the red card for Emerson, the game, you kind of, it was one of those ones, you knew it was over. But the way Arsenal started, they got the goal. Um, fantastic goal, by the way, um, from Partey. And they could have had more. They could have had more in terms of um, in terms of players. Again, Jesus got his cold, a bit of a handout guy, I must say. I, I don't know what Larice is doing. Uh, Reese, I know you've criticised him numerous times for, for errors and you're proven right there. Just dropping the ball. It's not good enough. Um, but yeah, really good performance from Arsenal. They're looking sharp, top of the league. Um we got to talk about Spurs, though. I know everyone's praising for their form, but I don't think Conte's record against the top six, with Spurs in particular, I don't think it's really stacking up very well. Um, I think we've got to talk about this, this Spurs side. Like we said a couple of weeks ago, I said I, I can see the cracks there in the Spurs side. Um, and, and as good as Arsenal were, Spurs weren't at the races at all. Um, and they only obviously scored with a penalty. So... Yeah, Spurs were underwhelming, um, but ultimately Arsenal deserved the win. Can't really disagree much there with Jordan. Um, it's it's I think it's worrying for Spurs to see they've now played away. Okay, both away, so they're mm-hmm. two London rivals, and they've been like dreadful in both. Like they're the games you've got to be up for. Like why? Why would you not be up for it? Especially more Arsenal, even more than Chelsea, in my opinion. I know, Rich, you've said different things about that, but 
it's just it doesn't I don't understand it. It's they're okay, they're still I think they're still third in the table now. They're four points behind Arsenal, three behind City. So they're not dreadful in the table. They're grinding out results, but it's like they lost against Arsenal. And so when they just don't play the sort of dreadful teams, like they're going to lose more games. And Conte is meant to be the reason why everyone was going, oh, Spurs are definitely going to get top four. They may even fight for the title. He's not showing it. He, I think, I don't think they've looked as good as maybe even under Nuno, really. Like in terms of performances, they've got better results, but there's just nothing there. Like, And the reason why they scored, and it was a penalty, was a mistake. It was mistakes. Arsenal Arsenal pretty much went, oh, this, like they just mess around with Ramsdale and Gabriel that they've got to watch themselves as well. Because they're they're creating at least one error a week, both of them, and against other teams, they might like they will or they conceded against Spurs. It's you've got to be worried if you're a Spurs fan because it's just not looking good. It's not like you can see the proper fight in them. Now the Emerson Royale one, what a bloody idiot! Just stupid. Like there's no need to make that tackle. Like to be honest, I probably wouldn't have said it's a red because I don't see the excessive force but when you catch someone with studs showing on the ankle you're asking for it there's no need to make a tackle there it's not as if Martinez threw on goal or about to sort of you know create a proper goal scoring opportunity Martinez would have done nothing pretty much from that like it's just it's naive it's it's naive is what it is really and he's just shown his frustration I think at the result I think naive is even too nice like it's absolutely stupid. Like he's an idiot. But it, you say he's frustrated, but they're two one down. They're still in the game. Yeah. At that point. True. And then yeah, like you said, that won't happen. Game over. Arsenal once again been looked very good. Like I still thought they were very good against United when they lost. There were certain things that they did they didn't do right, but they still looked very good. So you. As an Arsenal fan, you're absolutely happy. But I do want to just bring them down a small peg. You win, you don't lose to Tottenham at home anyway. Last 12 times Tottenham have gone to Arsenal, they've not won. So wow. it's not a it's not a result that's that unexpected. I think you two said a draw uh, before the game, and I said a three-two win kind of thing. It's no one had Spurs winning, but the performances are just a problem for him. But yeah. go on, let's go with the yeah Arsenal opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, from an Arsenal perspective, it was a great result. Um, you know, if you look at the performance, the cohesion with the team, Granit Xhaka in particular leading that line, apart from the fact that when he did his little pep talk after that, they went and gave away a stupid penalty. The whole Ramsdale and Gabriel thing does need to be sorted because it's that's what's going to cost things. Um, that needs to be addressed. But as Arsenal were fantastic, but we do need to yeah mention the Spurs performance. You, we could have said you know once they got that equaliser, Arsenal would have might have been there for the taking. You know you get it just before half time. You know you rally on. Um, but if we look at you know particular stats for Spurs, you know Harry Kane had two touches in the opposition box, and one of those was the penalty. 
and Son had none. So if you watch Son's performance, you know, misplaced passes, etc. complete contrast to where he was against Leicester, where he scored that hat-trick after coming off the bench. You know, all of us put him in our fantasy team. Now all of us are certainly going to drop him again. Um, why do you think Spurs were not able to take advantage of that? You know, why do you think Son didn't shine like he usually does against Arsenal? Or was it Arsenal's tactics were better? Or do you think Spurs couldn't, didn't believe in themselves? You know, because this, this should have been a game for them to really stamp their authority. Let's start with you, Jamie. What did you think? Um, Son's out of form. He's, I think the hat-trick is just paving over some cracks. You've got to remember, Leicester have been dreadful. While his goals were very good, I was very happy to have him in fantasy. And I got I got rid, so I was happy he wasn't still on my team. But he's not been good. He got dropped for a reason against Leicester. That's why he didn't start. That's why he came off the bench. He's not performing well. And I don't know whether it is the sort of him actually having to fight for his place that's maybe putting him off, like worrying him. That's the only thing I can think of because nothing's really changed. He's okay, Conte's more of a defensive manager, but he still flourished under Mourinho, really. So it's not that way. I don't see why he's not doing well. In terms of the Kane one, to be honest, Kane, the whole point what Kane wants to do is come a bit more back, like receive the ball higher up the pitch, uh, back up the pitch, and then play Son in. But I feel like Spurs now have an outlet that's Pulaveski or Richardson. That's where Son maybe has gone. Ah, it's not always coming to me. I'd, and then he just doesn't know what to do. I, I, otherwise, I just don't understand how you can go from being golden boot winner to, well, he's got three goals, but or he might have four, I don't know, but three goals and he's just not performing well at all. Yeah, I think that's a good point, actually, on the Son and, and the kind of third wheel, if you like. Um, you know, we saw last season all the combinations between Kane, Son, Son, Kane. Um, you know, that assist was almost... I think that, well, we saw they ever took on the record, didn't they, of, of combined goals. So you're right, adding in a third wheel, uh, you know, of Kulisevsky and, and, and now Richarlison, maybe has put Son's nose out of joint a little bit in the sense that when Kane's got that ball, he's now got two, maybe three options, whereas before it was just simply find Son at every cost. Um, and maybe likewise, you know, you could flip that the other way around. But... I think for me, we, we can pick holes in individual performances from Spurs. I think Conte has to take some responsibility at this point. Now, again, I've been critical of Spurs. They've been grinding out results, which is a, you know, a show of character this season that we've maybe not seen of them. But you look at the games, I've said it before on the podcast this season, um, Wolves outplayed at home. You know, numerous times this season in wins, Spurs have been outplayed. Um, and although they're good, you know, at home to Wolves, you shouldn't be getting outplayed. Now, yes, they won that game, but there's only so long you can get outplayed in each game and get results. It's not sustainable for an entire season. You know, the Mourinho's of, of Chelsea, the defensive style, the, the Conte at Chelsea style, although it was defensive, they weren't getting dominated and outplayed in every game. And that's the crucial difference that I don't think people, enough people are, are taking note of. Um, and I said, I said two weeks ago, I said, you're going to start to see the cracks of Spurs showing in the next few weeks. The Arsenal result proved it. Um, I'm not 100% sure who they've got next, but I do think in these next few weeks, this Spurs side are going to get exposed. Um, and I think Conte, 
I, th- I think he's got to take responsibility. There's a negative style. They're sitting back, trying to soak up possession. Away in a derby, I, I, I guess in those big games, you're going to be a bit naturally more defensive, right? But there's no attacking presence whatsoever. So I do think at some point, Conte is going to have to tweak the tactics slightly um, to really get the best out of this Spurs side. Because at the minute, they're definitely not title contenders. They never were, in my opinion. Um, and if they keep up this, this, this trend of getting outplayed, they're going to start to slip down the table. So they've got to be careful. Yeah, very good points there. Um, yeah, Tottenham, after they play Eintracht Frankfurt in the week, they will go to Deserby's Brighton on Saturday, which, you know, after their result at Anfield with a 3-3 draw, could be a very tough game for them. Um, and well, it's obviously not a must win, but, you know, something they need to do to get themselves back back on track. Let's um, move on to the Manchester derby. You know, we spoke about last season's Golden Boot winner. We now look like we're going to be talking about this season's Golden Boot winner. I think he's only about nine goals off already. Um, the Manchester derby. Now, United came into this game off the back of four straight league wins, crest of a wave, absolutely flying. And then they went and performed like that in the first half, especially. They were absolutely dreadful. You know, they were as bad as Ten Hag's soup, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. If you haven't seen it, have a look. It is not good. Um, That's a fashion crisis right there. Jamie, let's start with you as the resident City fan. You know, what did you make of that performance? You know, six goals particularly. Are you disappointed with the three conceded? Or, you know, are you just buzzing? It does not matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Like it's a, It doesn't matter. People who were annoyed after the game, you've got to get a grip. You would have taken a 1-0 before the game started. If we said, if you said you're going to score 6-3, you would have taken that. Of course you would have. So if you're disappointed, you're a bit deluded, I think. The point with this sort of the performance was, actually, if you looked at our team before the game, now, everyone you asked the team, and there was maybe one or two different players everyone was choosing between. The one that no one knew was Rodri being injured. Now, Rodri's one of the first names on our team sheet. He's one that no one seems to take out. Everyone's like, Rodri's going to start. So the fact he wasn't in the squad, everyone was slightly concerned because, once again, United were going to play, were meant to be playing counter-attacking football, and Rodri was going to break it up. So that was one concern. Then it was Diaz was on the bench, who should be probably our best, who is our best centre-back. So to see him dropped, I don't know if dropped or I think he might be still coming back from a slight injury. So it's seeing that, you're sort of looking at the team sheet. And I think Gary Neville said, did a little thing with Mika Richards in the back going, we're going to do them here. Because they were confident. Seeing the team, they were even more confident. And then it's 4-0. 4-0 at half-time. And, well, it's the second time it's happened to them this season, so it's not as if it's, you know, something completely different. Brentford do it to them, so we can't say we're nothing special, can we? Two, two hat-tricks from two City fans. What more can you ask for? That is what you dream of. To both getting the Both getting a signed ball at the end. Uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And to them sort of like last goals from United, you've got to remember our backup left back 
was playing CDM at one point. We've brought a, we brought Palmer on just for some minutes. We put Laporte, who's been injured this whole season. It, I'm not worried if they score a few once with the game's already won. Don't worry about that. From I'm not going to worry about that. United can take, oh, we've won the second half. We'll take the three points. We'll take the six goals. The two Patrick balls home. Thank you very much. So, where to begin? Um, what a game. What a game. Nine goal thriller. Um, little quote. Jamie, you'll remember it well. Um, in 2009, Sir Alex Ferguson said, Man City will never be favourites for the derby in my lifetime. <laughs> now, what an incorrect quote. <laughs> oh, we've got um, a banner of that. Don't you worry. Oh, you have, you have. Okay, cool. <laughs> we, so, brought, yeah. we brought it out every time we win the league. Yeah, I mean, Ferguson was right about a lot of things, but that's one he's got monumentally wrong. Um, City, yeah, obvious favourites. Even, I know, Jamie, you said you're a little bit nervous when you saw the team, but fundamentally, your attack is your your strength. Um, I I, I stand by, um, you know, Akanji and and, and Ake as a centre-back pairing. Um, If that was what you had all season, I don't think that's good enough to win the league. But to say, to say that yesterday, they were both brilliant. Both. But both were brilliant. They, they can't you, be for any of the three goals. Yeah. Um, um, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. We were saying, forget about the brilliance of them, um, brilliance of the attack. You could have gone Akanji. Akanji's a bargain at 15 million at the moment. And for a performance-wise, for getting the goals and assists, which is hard to do, he was like man of the match in terms of how he just shut players out and performed so well. Yeah. I, I know conceding three, you're not going to... Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't praise two centre-backs for conceding three in any game. But, yeah, mate, you'll disagree. But I do, I, you know, if Akanji and Ake were, were, were your pairing all season, I'd feel like City at times could be beaten. Um, but, I mean, Haaland, you know, we, we've done a whole podcast on Haaland. Um, if you haven't already seen that, do check it out. But... Yeah, I think the Ballon d'Ors are coming, going to come thick and fast. Um, the guy's just, the guy's unstoppable. You know, that that Kevin De Bruyne goal, I think it was your third goal. Just, he has no right to get that ball. And he's just, it's like, it, it, what he's pulling off is just phenomenal. He's also placed it in. That's what yeah, no, no, was the yeah, yeah. standing yeah. part about it. Yeah. It was more everyone should be just stretching out, hoping to get a toe on it. Yeah, he's got now. Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna place it in with my studs. Yeah, he just he's good at offside, playing the offside line as well, making sure he's onside. Leaps out of nowhere, phenomenal finish. Um, on his form, I, you can't make a case. And and I think I said it yesterday, but the fact that Arsenal are above this City side with with the form that Haaland's in. You have to take your hat off to Arsenal and give them a lot of credit. Because this City team look like they should already be 10 points clear. Um, you know, Liverpool fans, you know, Chelsea aren't in a good spot ourselves, but you look at Liverpool and they're what? Almost 11 points off already. Like, <laughs> it's absurd. Um, but yeah, all in all, again, first half was phenomenal. The game is won. Um, I said as well before, big, big day for Grealish. And he set the tone from minute one. That's, in my opinion, the best performance Grealish has shown so far in the City shirt. Stepped up in the biggest game. I think he got a Dallow booking 
two, 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 three minutes. two minutes. And that, that for me, set the t- tone. And then I think shortly after, Malassia got booked. So you've got Grealish and Foden running at the wings and can't be tackled because you've got two wingers on bookings. You've got Harland in the middle who just is like a magnet to the ball. Um, so it was only going to end one way. As far as this leaves Man United, I think they'll take some some solace in the fact they got three goals because not many teams would do that. But at the end of the day, it's 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 back to square one for them, I think. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Yeah, it's a very good point. I think, you know, City were, were breathtaking, really. I mean, United got three goals, but it was flattering on them a bit because City could have been seven, could have been eight, could have been nine. You know, um, I think I think um, Fred and Martial did play very well when they came on, um, but obviously that's not every week from them, so that's a little bit different there. And City did pretty much put a weakened, and I say that in sort of air quotes, team out went by at that time. So it's disappointing for United considering they were on a roll. You know, they'd already got the result over Arsenal. So they should have been more confident. They should have gone in there and said, you know, we can do this because they could hit. They could hit, you know, City on the break if they needed to. They've got the players to do it. And it just didn't turn up. You know, tactically, it was all wrong. You know, Martinez, yes, he's played well, but you don't put him at centre-back if Haaland's playing there. Up front, it it was all... I'm going to say it again. They were all over him like, you know, Ten Hag's suit. I'll say that again because it was it was poor. But at the same time, it could be a blessing in disguise for them. Look at where it's gone. You know, look, you're not as close to City as you thought you were. Use it. Build on it. Where can you improve? Go from there. You know, they've got Everton on Sunday, which, again, is a game of massive proportions for them now because Everton seem to have turned a corner. They get a result there. side in the league. Yes, I told you, Jamie, you've got to eat your words on Everton. I'm not eating my words. They're still pony. I'm beating, I'm beating in seven. Best defensive record in the league. I told you, don't write off Lampard. They're moving up the table. They're doing well and, and United will be there for the taking for them. Especially if United decide to turn up like that. I think, I would like to think Ten Hag will get a reaction out of them. Um, you know, will we see Ronaldo on Sunday? I, I really don't know. Um, but Quick question. Sorry to cut you off, Reese. You've signed one of, arguably one of the best CDMs in the world for 60 million. Why on this planet is Casemiro not starting and you've got Ericsson as CDM? Someone tell me that, please. Well, you've I mean, even got McTominay. McTominay didn't make a tackle, mm. by the way. He was on for nearly 60 minutes. He didn't oh, make a tackle. He didn't make a tackle. Well, this is He's the not thing. even a missed tackle. You would have thought if you've got Martinez at the back there in this game, Casemiro would have added a bit of protection. You know, I would have thought he would have probably got stuck in on Haaland a little bit yeah. and got the ball forward because he's you, good what, at doing what, that. What, what are you signing when, him for? Although when he did come on, Grealish put him down, didn't he? Straight away. Yeah. He came on for two minutes, flicked it round. He's on the floor. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered. Maybe it's better yeah. than McTominay standing up doing nothing. It was better than Casemiro on the floor doing nothing. I, mean, I, get, I get what Ten Hag was probably trying to do at the start with the creativity of Ericsson and things like that, but they didn't get the ball forward. You know, you would have thought that, you look at that and you thought, okay, you could, you know, if, if their best holding midfielders out, etc. for City, you could probably pass around them a little bit, but 
didn't do anything. So you think you might as well just kept Casemiro, started Casemiro in the first place. I can understand why he didn't play Ronaldo. You know, was that system going to work for Ronaldo? Probably not. Then you also think, well, he is probably a big game player. So he, he probably would have maybe got a goal and out of nothing. Um, but it's quite a quite a sort of strange one. Um, Jamie, what do you what, do? You have any other extra comments there you wanted to make? Yeah, just one thing. I asked um, one of the people at work who United fan. I just want United fans to give me the answer because they just didn't. What hat trick did you prefer today? Uh, yesterday, was it Harlan's or was it Foden's? Please tell me. I love them both. I mean, well, spe- speaking of hat tricks, um, so we we love a stat on the podcast, and and obviously if you're following us on Instagram at Lost in Possession. Um, we shared a statistic yesterday. So Haaland is the quickest player in the history of the Premier League to get three hat-tricks. Now, not only has he done it in back-to-back-to-back domestic home games, but the closest was Michael Owen with 42 games and Haaland's done it in eight. So we talk about perspective. We talk about a game-changer. Different level. Absolutely different level. Yes, it's, just, it's scary. <laughs> one more thing I was just going to say. Um, 48 games, by the way, George. 48, so even, even better. More. So 40 even more. 40 games quicker. Absolutely even mad. 50 goals this season. Um, just quickly, let, let, let's talk about the greatest lie ever told as well in football. Pep Guardiola. He was in tears at the end of last season. Crocodile tears, perhaps. Aguero retired. We'll never find someone to replace him. And within about two months, <laughs> they've signed someone even better somehow. Two years. It wasn't two, last. Well, two years before. It, all right, it took a bit longer, but he's. I think that was the greatest greatest lie ever told. Well, very interesting points there. So, just as we add our final thoughts then uh, for this week, um, my question is: as it is going to be going forward, who? Is your player of the week? This could be from the Derby games or this could be from from, from this round of Premier League games. Uh, Jordan, let's start with you. Who was your player of game week nine? So, um, of all the... I, I guess we'll, we'll, I'll keep it topical because we're talking about derbies today. Um, I'll go Phil Foden. Um, City boy. Been there since, you know, very, very young age. We've seen the pictures of him as a kid in the City shirt to get your first City hat-trick in the derby at home in a 6-3 win, living the dream, can't really get any better than that. Jamie? I think you can't actually look past Haaland. Three goals, two assists. That's it. There's one player I'd want to mention in it who also got a hat-trick in neither of the games they're talking about, and that was Trossard. But I think Haaland's the one. If you get three goals, two assists, I think you've got to be it. Yeah, I'd agree, Jamie. Trossard definitely deserves a shout. You know, he definitely deserves an honourable mention. And on any other game week, any other, he, he would have got it. But unfortunately, Haaland, well, fortunately, Haaland um, outshone him there. You know, he was superb and he just gets better and better every week. So I'll give it to Haaland as well. There you have it. That wraps us up for another Derby episode. As always, let us know your thoughts. If you're a United fan watching, please let Jamie know what was the better hat trick. Um, But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill.
Here we go.